1: an audio adventure. (laughs) The story thus far. After the Black Door Group attacked the Rebellion base in India, Senshin directed the team of Harlequin, Anton, McAllen and Tully to infiltrate the secret laboratory of Nankatsu Industries near Japan to uncover the activities and motives of their enemies. After surviving an aerial attack with a Russian MiG fighter jet, the Condor limped to the Sea of Japan with little fuel and a damaged photocloak system. Harlequin used his background as a master thief to design their infiltration mission. They began by launching an aquatic assault over 400 feet underwater, using special mixed gases and high-tech aquascooters to approach the well-guarded laboratory. Harlequin split the team in half by taking McAllen and heading towards the beachhead of the island, while Tully and Anton are sent to penetrate the facility through a deep-water submarine bay. The mission for McAllen and Harlequin is to get close to the power source of the mysterious island, a powerful, active volcano. Harlequin sends McAllen through a narrow vent that spans hundreds of feet over the epicenter of the volcano to deploy a cesium bomb that causes a violent surge in the volcano, thus overloading the laboratory's AI security system. This overload gave Anton and Tully enough time to break into the deepest part of the laboratory to gain access to highly guarded computer banks that hold the secrets of Nankatsu's role against Leviathan. McAllen successfully drops the bomb into the volcano and causes a huge surge of lava and seismic activity. But before Anton and Tully can gain access to the computer nerve center, they realize that Tully's badly wounded arm has left a trail of blood through the laboratory corridors, allowing anyone to find the intruders. When two scientists emerge from the lab and discover the trail of blood, Anton and Tully quickly hide in a supply closet where they wait anxiously as the scientists slowly approach them. Meanwhile, in another part of the world, Oberlin Sinclair remains a captive in a hidden prison. His exact whereabouts are unknown. And now, chapter 14, Extraction. McAllen exited the vent leading him from the volcano to see four guards pointing HP-5 submachine guns directly at her. Shit. Harlequin stood behind the four thugs typing on a small handheld device. When he saw McAllen, he smiled at her and folded his arms triumphantly. She jumped down and immediately felt her legs crumble beneath her. Seeing Harlequin betray her like this stole what little strength she had left.
2: Fucking snake. I told Tully I didn't trust you. Never wanting to risk any integrity any more than your neck or your bank account would allow. You sicken me.
3: Well then. I'm afraid this isn't going to be a pleasant day for you at all now, is it? You see, if you're feeling rather ill now, I can assure you that it's nothing compared to what some of the Japanese interrogators typically do to women. Screw you! I won't tell them! Take her to storage facility 8 on sub-level 4. We can best detain her there until Tanaka-san arrives. We will all be handsomely rewarded for capturing a spy of this magnitude.
1: Harlequin walked behind McAllen and shoved her forward out of the small ventilation room. They exited onto the main circular driveway the truck had been following down earlier. One guard took point walking in front of McAllen, while the other two walked behind her and Harlequin. Suddenly, Harlequin turned to one of the guards and spoke. We should take the
3: service elevator banks off to the side around the next bend. That makes no sense. The
4: primary elevator bank can access sub-level four direct. Why would we take the service elevator?
3: Because you fool, we don't want the entire facility to see us marching a high-level spy through the lobby under an armed guard. The only way she has been able to penetrate the facility this far is through the help of someone working inside Nankatsu Industries. If that person is aware that we have captured their companion, then we will never find the traitor.
4: I knew there was a traitor in our midst!
1: I told you so, didn't I?
4: Our
3: wisdom will be rewarded by Tanaka-san. We must move quickly before another delivery truck comes down the ramp. Let's hurry to get to the service elevators.
1: The six of them made double time for another third of a mile down the ramp until a landing became evident off to their left. A large freight elevator that was clearly used to haul large crates opened before them. The guards pushed McAllen roughly inside and kept a watchful eye on Harlequin. Once inside, Harlequin struck a casual pose, leaning against one of the walls of the elevator after pushing the button for six Four.
3: You know, it's funny. They always say that these underground elevators are death traps. Curious expression, but I wonder the same mechanism would interact with a person that isn't necessarily trapped by death.
1: The guards seemed confused and shifted warily while they stared at Harlequin.
3: You'll uh, forgive me if I feel the need to freshen the air. I find the stench of deception to be so
1: offensive. Harlequin removed a device from his breast pocket that was shaped like a harmonica. He proudly displayed the silver metal object above his head and smiled at the confused guards and blatantly winked at McCallan. He placed the device in his mouth and held onto it with his teeth. Then he removed another device from another pocket, a dull gray cylinder the size of a cigarette. He showed it to the increasingly uneasy guards who had now removed the safeties from their submachine guns. Still smiling, he snapped the cylinder like a toothpick and carelessly threw the two pieces to the ground. Five seconds later, McAllen thought she detected a faint, bitter almond smell, and then she and each of the guards collapsed into unconsciousness.
2: Ugh, what happened? Hmm,
3: hard to say. You should know that you're not the first woman to swoon at my obvious charms.
2: Harlequin, why am I just wearing my bra and panties? Well, as I said,
3: over the course of the past few centuries, many women have felt the sudden urge to tear their- Harlequin! It's a wonderful little substance called collocal one of the more useful innovations to come out of the Soviet Union's Cold War. Knocks out your opponent in mere seconds. Wait
2: a second. The guards, if I'm awake, then they'll become conscious too, you No ha-
3: worries, my dear. As soon as you all became unconscious, I injected the guards with a more potent tranquilizer that will keep them out of commission for several hours. Wait, just
2: wait. You were gonna betray me. You said you were working for that, that man
3: to not- McCallan, despite your vaulted opinion of me, let me assure you that once I accept a contract, I honor its terms fully. I agreed to help you in your infiltration, and I will do exactly that, McAllen. If you hadn't taken so goddamn long to deploy the cesium grenade, then we could have escaped from the ventilation chamber before the guards found us. But when three guards with loaded submachine guns burst into a room to see you crawling out of an access vent, and me monitoring communications with our other team members, forgive me if I found myself in a position where I had to improvise. I don't understand. I prepare for my missions, McAllen. I had false identifications created in case we were stopped. Luckily, I had enough identification cards to corroborate my story.
2: Harlequin! Yes. You still haven't answered me as to why I'm lying here in my bra and
3: panties. Quite simply because we don't have much time. I need you to change into the guard's uniform as quickly as possible. No, Harlequin, not- McAllen, Anton and Tully are trapped two floors below us. An alarm is going to sound off any minute if we don't get down there. Now get over your fucking modesty and change into the guard's uniform like I did, so we can save them, and for God's sake, tuck your hair into your
4: cap.
1: Meanwhile, in a supply closet two floors below... I can't believe I didn't notice
5: the blood coming out of my arm. It's too bloody late for that now. I can hear footsteps coming for us. You have to try and stay still. Activate the photo
1: shields.
5: Got it. Good. Now stand back against the wall as far as you can. The darkness may conceal your shape.
1: The two men pressed their backs against the wall of the darkened closet and held their breath. Outside in the hallway, the two Nankatsu scientists exchanged concerned looks.
4: The trail of blood goes into the supply closet. Let's check it out. Open the door but be careful. It's dark inside. The light switch is on the right. Can't find it. There! What do you see, Frederick? Uh, nothing. There's nothing here.
1: Tully and Anton shifted slightly as they tried to push their bodies back even further against the rear wall. All of the hairs on Frederick's arms stood up. He stood only inches away from Anton. Impossible. What about the blood?
4: Do you see the blood on the floor? Yes. Yes, I do. But it doesn't make any sense. What do you see? The blood. It It just goes directly into the back wall. Um, it's nothing, Sato. It must just be some cleaning fluid. There's nothing in here.
1: The first scientist turned on his heel and walked away. Anton let the breath he had been holding for over a minute slowly leave his body. Tully felt his shoulders drop two inches from where he had been tensely holding them.
4: Oh, Jesus, that was close. I can't believe these photo shields can hide us when someone's huh? right. Shh!
1: They can still hear us! You have to. The first scientist came sprinting back in, brandishing a broomstick, making contact with Anton's photo shield. The second scientist sprinted in, holding a handheld device. He jammed it into Anton's ribcage, sending two hundred thousand volts ricocheting through his nervous system. Anton collapsed, but not before Tully could grab the man's hand and ram it against the sharp corner of the metal shelving and when the man doubled over in pain, he took a long, wide swing. The room spun and the scientist crumpled down on the floor next to Anton, but Tully was now off balance from throwing the punch. The first scientist saw this and jabbed the point of the broomstick hard into the center of Tully's forehead. Tully felt the room wobble for a second, but managed to raise his arm to block another swing of the broomstick. Tully went for the combination, firing his left fist into the man's abdomen before shooting his right fist directly into the man's chin. Tully took a step forward to move in for the kill when he suddenly saw a small streak of blue lightning shoot across the floor. The tip of the taser made contact with Tully's left shin, bringing him down like a house of cards. The last thing remembered was his head hitting the floor next to Anton's. Anton and Tully painfully awoke shortly thereafter to find themselves sitting on the floor of the supply closet with their hands tightly bound with power cords. The two scientists were standing in the doorway.
4: Ah, uh, Sato. I. Stop, stop! I think he broke your jaw. Don't try to speak.
1: Stay here and watch them. Take the
4: taser. I'm going to sound the security alarm. We need to have these intruders interrogated. Maybe the outside world has discovered our research.
1: The scientist quickly ran down the hall, and moments later, the whole complex was pulsing in a blinking red light, while a klaxon alarm echoed through every pore of Tully's head. Oh!
4: That noise! Tully, are you awake? Can you move your finger at all? No! Now they're completely numb. Damn it! So am I. Shh!
5: The scientists are back. I want to hear what they're saying.
4: The alarm has sounded. The entire facility is on lockdown. Every entrance, every air vent, every possible exit above or below the ground is now sealed. The only way they can be reopened is by a physical key and access code held by only Kazunori Tanaka. Intruders! They are secure. Don't worry. Security will be here very soon. Then we'll be able to find out if two they- Two
1: guards ran down the hall from the elevator and stopped at the IT supply closet. One of the guards seemed to be having trouble with their cap.
3: I'm Chief Guard Captain Jim Decker. Were you the one who sounded the alarm? Yes, yes, it was me.
4: You came very quickly. I'm Computer Special Sato Suzumi. My partner and I found a trail of blood here in the internal corridor. Let us find the two intruders.
3: Guard, I want you in there, securing those intruders now. Use your handcuffs. We want them conscious for interrogation. My colleague, Dr. Frederick Devot, was injured in a struggle with the intruders. We need to call for medical attention. No, that won't be necessary. I don't understand. Why not? Because you both will be unconscious in a matter of seconds.
1: Harlequin had already taken the taser out of its belt holster and pressed just slightly forward to make contact with the scientist's chest. Now! The man's <laughs> eyes bulged while Harlequin continued to stare directly back at them until the man collapsed at Harlequin's feet. As soon as McCallan heard Harlequin's signal, she spun backwards to deliver a roundhouse kick directly to the other scientist's broken jaw. The man screamed in agony but was quickly silenced when McCallan also took the taser out of the guard's uniform she had stolen and electrocuted the man into unconsciousness.
3: McCallan, well done. Quickly, we need to secure the guards into the closet. Take your knife and release Anton and Tully. I'll see about turning that damned alarm off.
1: I'm on it. McAllen dragged the bodies of the two scientists into the supply closet and cut free the electrical cords that bound Anton and Tully.
5: What took you so long?
1: Harlequin had to hack the elevator system so that the cab stayed stuck on our level,
2: cutting off access. All stairwell doors are tied to the same system, so we should be safe for a few minutes.
4: Where'd you guys get those guard uniforms?
2: Borrowed them from a few guys we gassed in the elevator.
4: Well, you don't fool around.
1: McAllen helped Tully to his feet. Anton had already left the closet and was in the hallway keeping watch for the imminent arrival of backup forces. Anton,
2: we decided. the elevator when we came to this level. Harlequin estimates it will take at least 15 minutes for them to bypass his hack and get down here. I
3: might have been a bit more optimistic than I should have. The security AI is already on heightened alert and has probably spotted us on video. I couldn't get the alarm to deactivate. The good news is that I discovered that we're on the right level. Down the corridor on the right lies the central computer nerve center. The database we're looking for must
4: reside there. Let's hurry. But Harlequin, when we woke up, we heard the two scientists talking. They said the entire facility is on a complete lockdown, even the air vents. If we can steal the database and the computer system, there's still no way in hell we can get out of here. We're trapped! One problem at a time,
3: Mr. Tully. One at a time. Quickly, the computer nerve center is down here. How much time
2: do we have?
5: About 10 minutes. After that, the guards will be able to access the locks and the elevator systems and penetrate our level. We should expect a force of at least 60 guards, maybe more. Should be no problem for a tough guy like you. Look, I doubt any shots will be fired. This is Nankatsu we're talking about. Chemical and biological warfare is their stock in trade they corner us and either engulf us in some deadly gas or send in
4: combat drones to lay down suppressive fire. Do you have an overactive imagination, or do you know more than you're telling
5: this
1: me? This is the door, here. The four of them stopped at a massive set of twelve-foot metal doors. Several rows of interlocking teeth at the center of the doors made them feel like they were staring at an enormous titanium zipper. A keyboard and monitor were embedded into the wall on the left. Without speaking, Harlequin ripped open his duffel bag and took out a gleaming box that appeared to be made of deep green glass.
4: Harlequin, what is that? But
1: Harlequin ignored him and ripped the keyboard out of the wall and quickly grabbed the wires that came out with it. He connected the sparking wires to a series of terminals on the underside of the green box, which now was beginning to pulse rhythmically with a faint light within it. He set the green box on the floor by his feet.
5: Time? Eight and a half minutes. It'll be close.
1: The box began to pulse faster and faster, until finally... We're in. The four of them ran inside a gleaming white room containing machinery that McCallan had never seen before. Massive rectangular supercomputers filled the room with an ambient hum. The room was perfectly square. Two workstations were visible. One on the left side of the room and the other on the right. Straight ahead on a far wall hung a black cloth draped over a large object. But before McCallan could speculate what it could be, Harlequin started barking orders.
3: McCallan, take the workstation on the right. I'll take the left. Anton, I want the door sealed now. We're going to have company any minute and their hacking skills might be a lot better than mine. And you, Mr. Tully, just... just stand there.
1: McAllen ran to the chair on the right and stared at the computer monitor, which was now filled with security alerts and flashing sequences that were coming too fast for our eyes to follow. Harlequin, what do I do?
3: These workstations are part of a security precaution. I can't execute root-level commands without confirmation from your workstation. It's to ensure that any hacker would need at least one partner to infiltrate the system. You'll only have a few seconds to key in confirmation, so stay sharp. Anton, time. Seven minutes. And the door? I'll need at
5: least four.
1: Harlequin began furiously pounding at the keyboard on the workstation. Confirmation codes kept flashing towards McAllen, asking her to re-enter the authorization codes that Harlequin keyed in. He was typing so quickly, McAllen struggled to keep up.
3: The good news is that because the security system is on higher level facilities, AI has already compartmentalized all of its top secret data in a single hard drive here in the room. But if we don't get the right authorization codes entered, disconnecting the hard drive will cause it to immediately erase all data contained on it.
4: Once we do that, you still haven't told us how we're going to get the hell out of here.
3: One problem. At a time, Mr. Tully. Macallan, keep up. I'm
2: trying!
5: The door is sealed. I put the door lock through a repeating loop so that no access codes can be entered. Time! Three minutes. I'm almost there. Harlequin, I'm trying to monitor the guard movement on my comlink. They know we're trapped here in the AI nerve center. Almost there. Harlequin!
1: Done! From one of the supercomputers next to Macallan, a large loading bay, like a giant CD tray, opened and slid outwards. On the tray lay a clear disk that resembled a typical computer CD, except this one was slightly larger. McCallum picked it up and was surprised at how heavy it was. She handed it to Harlequin.
3: This is it? A repetiment crystal disk. What you're holding in your hands is the equivalent of every book in every library in America, and everybody's music collection.
5: Time! One minute. Comlink Chatter indicates they've got the elevator running. They're going to be down on this
4: level any second. This brings me to my earlier point.
1: Anton raced over to one of the air vents and put his hand up to the metal grates.
4: Harlequin, feel the vents.
5: They're not gassing us. They're sucking the air out of the room. They're trying to asphyxiate us. Do
3: you or Tully still have any of the scuba gear? We might be able to... We ditched
5: to... it outside the underwater sub-bay. Then
3: we've got to find a way to override the system to reverse I the... can
5: feel vibrations outside the door, Harlequin. The guards are here. I just
3: need a
4: few minutes. We might not um... have... Gentlemen? What? Has anybody thought to look under the black curtain?
1: Anton and Harlequin stood dumbfounded. In all the urgency in downloading the Nankatsu data files, they had forgotten about the strange object that stood looming against the far wall. Tully approached it, and casually with one swift pull yanked the thick black curtain covering the object it obscured. There. Against the far wall of the Nankatsu AI nerve center stood a ten-foot-tall sarcophagus.
3: I think we may have just found our way out of here.
0: What the
2: hell is that thing? It looks like the sarcophagus we pulled out of the Cedar Elm.
4: God, it's a keyhole. Anton mentioned that phrase while we were on the Condor. What the hell is a keyhole? A keyhole is a dimensional
3: portal, one of the gifts given to Evangeline by the aliens besides her immortality. You see, when the aliens helped build Leviathan, they realized Evangeline and her minions needed a way to quickly go back and forth from the bottom of the ocean to various points on Earth instantly. Evangeline and the Eden Initiative were given a few dozen of these keyholes to scatter across the Earth, thus creating a network where one can travel to and from any point on Earth instantly by walking into one
5: keyhole and walking out of another.
4: It's like a mini wormhole.
3: Yes, yes, Mr. Tully.
5: It is a bit like a wormhole. You're forgetting something, of course.
3: What's that? Anton is, of course, referring to the Rebellion and the effects it had on the Immortal Community. When Sension led his civil war against Evangeline and committed genocide against the Immortal Community, the Keyhole Network was shut down as a precaution. It's forced all travel to and from Leviathan to be done,
5: Manually. But that doesn't explain what it's doing here. Ankatsu must be in league with the Eden. (sighs) Impossible.
2: Hey, guys, I hate to say it, but I'm starting to feel um, a little lightheaded. How much oxygen do we have left?
3: She's right. Anton, rip the cushions off the desk chairs and use them to block the air vents. That should slow the air escape.
5: The guards, they're trying to break in. We don't have
4: much time. You said this was our way
5: out?
3: Could be. Mr. Tully, would you please be so kind as to examine the keyhole? I believe you should find a latch that will open to reveal its inner chamber. But if all the keyholes have been deactivated, what good will it do? I have a theory.
1: Tully released the latch on the sarcophagus. Oh my god. And opened Holy its door like the shit. cover of a book. It
3: Can't be. I thought so.
1: Inside the keyhole was a powerful blue flickering light that caused everyone in the room to squint slightly. McAllen couldn't understand why, but it seemed like the light, as bright as it was, originated from some place very far away. Some place not in this room. And what the hell is that? Oh
5: my god, it's a keyhole. But it's an active keyhole. I thought the network was completely shut down. I haven't seen a working keyhole in in, in a long time. So where does this thing lead? <laughs> Could be anywhere on Earth. Wherever the matching keyhole is located, they always come in pairs. <laughs>
3: Anton, as much as I feel that an astrophysical presentation on the construction of singularities and keyholes would be delightful, we are about to have this entire room filled with guards trained to kill us in the most expeditious manner. I suggest we exploit the only exit that has presented itself, so go
4: through the keyhole. You realize that this could easily be a trap? You
3: realize that we have
4: no other choice. Hey, I don't know too much about keyholes, but if we all jump through this thing, won't all those commando guards just follow us through? Leave that to me.
5: Fine, I'll go through first, but I think you're forgetting something. Give me the disk, Harlequin. Give me the Nankatsu memory files.
3: (laughs) Worried about something, Anton? Paranoia really doesn't suit you. Here, take your precious disk. I assume this exchange signifies that our business is now over. By giving this to you, I fulfilled my end of the bargain.
5: Thank you. I'll see you on the other side, Harlequin.
1: And with that, Anton turned and leapt into the blue light inside the keyhole. A hot flash of light filled the room, and for a moment, McCallum was amazed that now only three people stood in the room.
3: Mr. Tully, would you please follow Anton and make sure he's not setting a trap to try and chop off my head? You mean just just jump through that thing and end up- Yes, yes. Just jump through and end up in Timbuktu or God knows where else. McCallum!
1: It's okay, Tully. I'll be right behind you. Tully let out a heavy sigh, and then ran towards the keyhole, holding his arms in front of his face.
3: And then there were two.
1: Harlequin, what are you doing?
3: Making sure we don't get followed. How? The CPU that controls the airlock for the underwater submarine bay is right underneath us. If I can trick the system into depressurizing the airlock, then perhaps we can flood the lower floors of the facility.
1: Won't the AI automatically repressurize and seal off the flooded units?
3: Not if this does its job.
1: Harlequin held a cesium grenade in his hand, twice the size of the one Macallan threw into the volcano.
3: If we take out the CPU and everything else on this level, it will allow the lower levels of the lab to become flooded with seawater. The velocity of the incoming water will break the retaining walls that have been established within the volcano. In one instant, we're going to drop a small part of the ocean on an active volcano the incredible amounts of steam will flood the laboratory. And with the entire facility now stuck on lockdown and hermetically sealed, all of the trapped steam will accumulate and combust, like the insides of a steam engine, until- Heliquin,
2: blowing up the laboratory will kill everybody on the island. We're talking about hundreds, probably thousands of innocent people, you can't
1: just- This
3: is a war! and innocence is often the first casualty in war.
1: Harlequin! He pressed the button in the center of the explosive device he held. You
3: have twenty seconds, McAllen.
1: Harlequin nodded towards the keyhole, then turned to McAllen and smiled.
3: Come now, Alice. Down the rabbit hole you go.
1: McAllen stared back hard at Harlequin, and then ran with all of her might into the blinding blue light that lay within the keyhole, and promptly disappeared. Only Harlequin remained. 10 seconds until station decompression.
3: Hmm, let the wild rumpus start.
1: And with that, Harlequin leapt into the blue light as well, disappearing completely from the AI nerve center in a flash of blue light, while the Nankatsu Advanced Materials Laboratory, and everyone within it, was subject to an explosion so massive that it was recorded by sensors as far off as Korea and to the rest of the world, it was assumed that a dormant volcano had suddenly reawoken to claim back the island that it wanted as its own. But Calamity on Nishinoshima was literally thousands of miles away from Macallan, Tully, Anton and Harlequin. Time literally stood still, while the four of them were squeezed out of the dimension around us and for an instant existed in a plane unknown by man before they were thrust back into the current dimension and forced unceremoniously through the other portal of the keyhole. McCallum promptly vomited as soon as she made it through, and from the stench in the room, the others had as well. She struggled to take in her surroundings. McCallan, Tully, Anton, and Harlequin found themselves in what appeared to be a dimly lit circular room. At first, the room seemed completely black, but as McCallan's eyes adjusted, she began to make out some of the nuances in the room and locate the other members. Tully! I'm right here. Tully gripped her hand tightly. Where are we? In the dark,
3: clearly. But I think if we can work together we might be able to change that. There must be some sort of light switch somewhere. Fan out and use your flashlight or watch lights if you have them.
2: I can't believe I just went through a, a keyhole. felt like my body went totally flat like I was two-dimensional or something.
5: We don't fully understand the physics behind the transdimensional nature of keyholes. But we know it involves being in two places at once for an instant in time. If the other keyhole is destroyed, then, well, then there's no going back the way we came. We're trapped here, wherever. Here is.
3: I think I might be able to shed some light on that. What did you find? There's a plaque here, but I can't quite make it out. Mr. Tully, would you please take the flashlight out of Anton's satchel and shine it this way?
4: You bet. What does it say?
3: Nankatsu Submersible Proving Grounds. 19,000 feet. What? You heard me.
5: 19,000 feet. Jesus. I think I found a light switch.
1: (sighs) With a series of spluttering flashes, the room illuminated itself in a dull, fluorescent glow. The four found themselves standing under a glass dome that was punctuated by occasional streaks of yellow and blue light from the sea life outside. Some workstations were placed along the right wall, and on the left was a staircase heading downwards. So, we're sitting in a glass dome with 19,000 feet of water hanging over us.
3: I wonder where in the world that puts us?
5: We're obviously on a lower level of the Nankatsu Laboratory. Low enough that Harlequin's explosive couldn't affect us.
4: No, no, that's not right. If you're saying these keyholes can connect any two points on Earth, then we could be anywhere from the Caribbean Sea to the Indian Ocean. Might even be under 20 feet of ice. There aren't that many points on Earth that are 19,000 feet under sea level. Certainly not right next to Nishinoshima. Wherever we are, We've traveled a long way. This isn't helping. Anton,
3: there appears to be a workstation over on the right. Why don't you log in and see what you can pull up?
1: Anton stood for a moment. He debated bringing up that the mission was now over, and he was no longer subject to Harlequin's command. But instead, he turned and logged into the station.
5: I'm going to put in the disk we obtained and see if there's any information about this... this station.
1: Several hours went by as Anton worked to determine where on earth they were, as well as decipher the information they had stolen from Nankatsu. The others set out to explore the station, Three of them found little of note except for one door that was heavily reinforced and contained a security keyboard similar to the AI nerve center. Without the aid of his code-breaking hardware, Harlequin busied himself to hack the door's security system manually. McAllen and Tully found several crew quarters that contained some fresh clothes as well as some small first aid kits that McAllen used to patch up some of the wounds her companions had suffered. She was especially worried about Tully. The two of them sat alone on one of the beds. Tully had taken taken off his shirt, and McCallum was suturing the laceration on his arm. You sure know how to take a beating. Uh,
4: You sure know how to put me in harm's way. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, this, all of this, it's real, isn't it? These people really are immortal, and we just transported from one spot on Earth to another.
1: It's pretty hard to imagine. McAllen allowed her hand to drift away from the freshly stitched wound on his arm until it rested on his chest. I want you to know that I haven't forgotten about Oberlin.
4: Thanks, but to be honest, for the first time in a while, I'm, um, not thinking about him right now.
1: Her cheek was very close to his now. Hmm. Tully, I...
4: Oh, I'm sorry to
5: interrupt, but I'd like you to come back up to the observation deck. I've discovered something amazing. Here's what I've been able to discover. A lot of the work at the Advanced Materials Laboratory seems to be involved in the manufacture of materials that can withstand massive amounts of evenly distributed stress. My conclusion is that this means most of the work was centered on the construction of submarines designed to operate at extreme depths. Well, of course, the important question is for whom they've been building these machines. Files I've read indicate that a group of Chinese scientists commissioned Nankatsu Industries to construct a vessel capable of operating in depths of more than 20,000 feet.
4: Jesus, there aren't even many bathyspheres that can go that deep.
5: This was no ordinary submarine. Not only did this have the ability to operate at 20,000 feet, but it had to support a cargo of over 50,000 tons. A cargo that could be detached underwater with a delivery
4: system. That's not possible. How could a submersible deal with variation in mass so substantial? Most subs pump water in and out of their ballast tanks, but there's no way they could build a ship with ballast tanks big enough to support that kind of cargo. It would have to be the size of an aircraft carrier. That would have been just impossible to build. The submarine, called the Hai Tenshi, was completed
5: and delivered over six years ago.
3: My god, that's when the signal started. The Chinese must have obtained a star stone. That's the only object that could possess a mass so dense. The Hai Tenshi was
5: delivering a star stone to Evangeline. It was built to go to Leviathan.
4: Exactly. So what happened to the ship?
5: It's unclear. As I said, the Chinese took delivery over six years ago. I can't find much after that. But right before delivery, certain modifications were made to the Haitenshi. Tenshi. Modifications that were mandated by Kasunori Tanaka himself. He brought his own team of men from Tokyo to do a final inspection. Nobody else other than his team was allowed on the Hai shi during that time. No records show exactly what modifications he made to the ship.
1: Harlequin stared back at Anton. You know what I'm thinking.
5: I know. Sabotage. That starstone never made it to Leviathan. It was never unlocked by Evangeline. Something happened on the voyage of the Hai Shi. Their ship must have been sabotaged somehow, causing the starstone to activate without being initialized. But
3: Anton, a dormant starstone is no threat to anyone. It was obviously inert during
5: transport.
3: Why would it suddenly activate?
5: I have no answers. Well, however, I did discover something else. There were some references to something called Project Enforcer. These files had the greatest security protocols around them. The details on this are rather sketchy, but involve delivering human test subjects to some place called Asgard Station. But it says in the file that only workers with no families were allowed to volunteer.
2: A volunteer for what?
5: I don't know exactly, but when I cross reference their names against Nankatsu's payroll manifold, every single name now comes up deceased. How many were over 100? Guinea pigs. It would appear guinea pigs have longer lifespans than these poor bastards once they volunteered for Project Enforcer.
2: If ten people died on a project, would you volunteer?
4: They must have been kidnapped. That's why they chose people with no family. They'd be easier to hide. No one looking for them. They were forced to participate in this project. All
5: of the test subjects were taken from Nishinoshima, the most remote research station where scientists and staff who work here rotate in a minimum of six months shifts. Sometimes longer. What does that mean? It means that in going over the medical records of the test subjects that were abducted from Nakatsu Station on Nishinoshima, I found over 20 had tooth fillings comprised of the same obsidian alloy that we found in the monsters that attacked us at Mumbai. Whatever those monsters were, they started out as men. Men who worked here.
3: Are you suggesting Nankatsu Industries has some vendetta against the rebellion?
5: No but I suspect they're aiding someone that does.
2: The Black Door Group. Senshin said that the beings that attacked us in Mumbai had their DNA modified by Starstone energy. If Nankatsu does the bidding of the Black Door Group, then they must have sabotaged the Hai Ten Chi on their behalf. That allowed Black Door to get their hands on a Starstone, and then Nankatsu supplied them with human test subjects to create those disgusting abominations.
5: I think you're right, McKellen except for one thing. I don't believe Black Door has an actual Starstone. Or if they did, they wouldn't be able to use it.
3: Maybe Evangeline is helping Blackdoor. Maybe she modified the Starstone to release this signal to kill everyone in the rebellion.
5: I appreciate your theory, but that doesn't make any sense. Evangeline would be killing herself if she designed the signal. Furthermore, she's had Starstones in the past, but she shouldn't need Blackdoor for anything. Just a theory. The only other thing I was able to learn about the Enforcer project was that Nankatsu developed a device to make the Enforcers possible. The device was called a Cognitive Cerebral Transference Interface. Well, essentially it allows a dominant mind to take control of a submissive mind, making the weaker person a puppet of the stronger one. The Enforcers.
4: They were being controlled by someone else. Someone in Black Door.
1: Anton stiffened and turned his back to the group. With his head hung low, he walked over to the transparent dome and rested his head against the icy surface. Anton, what is it?
5: We have two missions now. If the High Tenshi was sabotaged, then the Starstone must be lying somewhere along the route it took to get to Leviathan. If we can retrace its steps, then we can find the rogue Starstone and put an end to the signal that's killing our people. And the second mission? Othello died at the hands of the person controlling the Enforcers. Controlling Black Door. I am going
4: to kill Jason Sterling.
1: the leviathan chronicles the leviathan chronicles was written and created by christoph leputka produced by robin shaw produced and musical composition by luke allen directed by nobi nakanishi for a full list of cast and crew or to purchase the ad-free director's cut go to leviathanchronicles.com thank you for supporting us and thank you for listening To discover more podcasts set in the Leviathan universe, go to leviathanaudioproductions.com or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Leviathan Audio Production